0: Every single mistake I made, I know I'll always have support from you It does not matter how long it's been, you've always got my back Without you to hold me up, I fear I might just snap When I'm making silly choices, too much fun with stupid boys You love me still, you love me still Welcome to Who Killed the Sisterhood. I'm Anna-Maria. And I'm Bev. We're here to talk everything friendship. And this is our space to share our experiences, offer words of wisdom, tell some bad jokes, and just spend some quality time together. We're discussing these things from completely different places in our lives. So who knows where this will go? But we love chatting. So let's get started. I don't think many friendships could survive without that feeling of comfort, but also that feeling of of some sort of shared goal in the conversation.
1: Yeah, I think not even just a shared goal in the conversation, but that that conversation contributes to a much bigger goal. And I think that that's what makes it really easy for me is other friendships. For example, I want to keep in touch. I care about the person. I want to spend time with the person. But the ease isn't there because I know by doing that, it ticks those boxes but then it doesn't tick my core boxes of I don't know learning or working towards a goal that's important of mine and also theirs and like Mm -hmm. for me there's I hold my hands up that I'm just a deep person and I accept that and that that's just me and Mm -hmm. the friendships that I value the most are intertwined there's one of those things that you're talking about in there and the more that there are the easier it is
0: yeah and I think I recognize that a lot because small talk is not my thing (laughs) I will just (laughs) You know, somebody always used to say to me, you know, (laughs) in your world, everything's either great or crap and you don't have middle ground. And I'm like, yeah, fair point. I don't, you know, I either really am enthusiastic about something or it's a dreadful thing and I don't have mediocre. And I think that's sort of what you're talking about in as much as the best friendships are multi-layered, quite challenging, but only in a a sort of an intellectual sense. Yeah, Yeah, or a positive way in
1: that you might be going, it might cause you to reflect on something really tough. Someone might call you out on something, but ultimately it's getting you to a better place or it's at least the very least aligning you with where you thought you were. Yeah, I think the multi-layered thing, if I look at my friendships, those that I share more of those aspects with, they're just easier I just find it easier and that's not to say when I keep in touch with other people I feel like it's a waste of time it's not that
0: but the ease is different and it's an odd thing almost kind of counterintuitive that the more complex my friendships are with people the easier they are which sort of makes no sense but the more superficial my friendships are the more I struggle to know what to
1: say yeah and then that feels like harder work that feels like more effort and so as a human you learn that is harder work or it's harder so naturally whether you know you're doing it or not you will probably avoid those a little not completely but you will avoid them a little bit more or it'll be harder to get to a point where you are picking up the phone and calling because you're behind that your mind is naturally resist it's resistance that's what it is it's resistance when you know that it's not natural the only alternative is resistance right so one or the other and there'll be some some people that you love and that you care for but you can feel a resistance and that's going to make it harder to keep in touch with them. And there's going to be other people that you love and it's natural.
0: So it's just literally easier. Mm. It's the effort, isn't it, that it takes to either initiate the conversation or maintain the conversation. And (laughs) we never have that problem. It's just, (laughs) well, we... (laughs) We sort of fall from one conversation to another, literally, uh, and can go all over the place because there is so much to say. And it's uh, leaving a conversation with you doesn't leave me tired.
1: Doesn't it? That's surprising because my mind is literally like going left, right, middle, left, up, down, (laughs) And actually what I would like to say is I actually really appreciate that you just go with me on my crazy thought process <laughs> or my craziness journey or my, because probably to some people they're thinking, hang on, how <laughs> has she just gone from that to this? But I, I just feel like you've got a combination of understanding and patience,
0: a yep. lot of patience. Yeah. It's funny because I don't see it as either. A lot of people will say to me that I'm very patient, and I don't see that because all I'm doing is listening. And people see that as patient, but it, but it's not. I'm just listening because what you're saying is interesting. So I'm following your conversation because I'm interested in where it's going. I have <laughs> no clue. It's like an adventure. Nor do I. Yeah, it's great. And um, you know, when you come up with great words like comfortability, comfortability. That, that you know, we then have to check whether it's a real word or not that's always highly entertaining so there are there are moments in the conversation that make us both chuckle and there are moments in the conversation where we both go hmm, good point and it's going on that understanding together so we're, we're taking a journey together in, in working out what you're thinking but you do it with me as well so you'll ask me questions to unpack what I'm thinking, because it helps you understand what I'm thinking, but also what you're thinking. And it's so it's real give and take in the friendship, which I think is, I think, quite unusual because it feels like we're on a really um, equal level yeah I think it's particularly
1: rare with an intergenerational friendship I've got other friends that are of different generations and when I maybe ask a question that sometimes sometimes it's purely curiosity sometimes it's like a little bit of, you know when you say to me I'm just going to challenge you on this because I'm just curious you know and if I do that to them I can see the defensiveness come Mm. straight back in and I think it is because they are older and so they have a level of experience that is still paired with that level of authority, mm-hmm. and I almost think
0: that we don't really. Have- have that authoritative dynamic? No, I don't think we do because I think that's partly to do with the fact that I don't think either of us do ego <laughs> because you know I always say I leave my ego at the door when I talk to people because a conversation is between two people not me and my ego. So that's just not appropriate in a conversation with a friend. Mm. So I think there's partly that but a lot of I think a lot of people do struggle to to leave that bit of themselves out of a conversation because it's all part of the Data, self identity, all of that sort of thing. And maybe when you're quite confident within yourself, you don't need to do that. But that takes a, you know, that's taken a long time to be able to, to say that. And it's also, it's also the sounding board that you provide for me. So we have, I think, an equal bounce in the conversation. So we'll pass it between each other quite comfortably without going, hang on a minute, I was talking then. It just, that never happens to us. We just, pass the ball backwards and forwards so I think there's something to do with that and you know being a bit profound here maybe it's just that we've actually learned how to communicate effectively full stop and perhaps a lot of people haven't so that's part of what we're doing is just effective communication and the other part is we're respectful of each other in that conversation to to share the space to share the thinking so I think there's a lot of useful stuff for people when they're thinking about why some of their friendships perhaps don't have strong foundations or don't have things that keep people together over a long period of time. Hmm. And it could be as basic as their skills of listening to each other.
1: And also questioning which friendships make you feel more at ease and which you feel a bit of resistance to and understanding where that comes from, because it It may be the other person. It may also be you, your ego and and those things. Equally understanding to a point, you do need a level of ease and wait for it. Comfortability,
0: (laughs) because that's part of what a friendship is. It is. And actually, I mean, that's such a great word because it's it's about a shared thing as well, isn't it? It's a shared understanding. So we now have like an in joke, a shared understanding of that word. And we have shared understandings of different things in our lives and in our conversations that it's like a shorthand. So you get this foundation in a completely different setting. For example, the military, they do this as a sort of a cultural thing. They have so many phrases, shorthand ways of knowing what each other is talking about that it's immediately gives you a bond with that group of people and it excludes others mm. so I think that's an interesting thing in close friendships you often find that it's to the exclusion of others and I don't think that is at all what goes on in our friendship because we don't need to do that there's no need to exclude other friends because why would you get different things from different friends but I genuinely think some people find that quite hard and it sort of goes back to the playground you're my best friend aren't you and you can only have one best friend which makes no sense to me
1: yeah it's well it's like validation but in maybe a a different manner because i think that we do a lot of validating each other in different ways but it's of a different kind of category to that or to make our friendship stronger we need to i need to know that you know you're not close with other people in the same way or you don't have loads of close friends or to strengthen our friendship we need to exclude other people that's what strengthens our friendship we it's it's none of that it's validation from listening i think what would be interesting to find out is if we looked back on all of our conversations if you could there was i'm sure there's a piece of technology that does this you know like in football they can tell the possession of the ball yeah. what percentage is see what our percentages mm. are because i really feel like they're 50 50
0: mm. yeah, yeah. Um, or I, I would very
1: agree. close to that i'd be super surprised if they weren't but i suppose it doesn't even matter what the result is the the point is that if it feels 50/50 mm-hmm probably in a good place and i think people even view communicating as communicating is i'm talking i'm getting my point across i am communicating to you instead of an exchange and i'm listening Mm. and you can almost even hear in the way that i'm speaking the tone changes because i'm just listening and i think that's also why we have the 50 50 is because we are just as excited to listen as we are to
0: speak Mm, lovely phrase and it is it's that i think both of us are natural listeners and that means that we are interested in the person and when you're interested in the person that encourages them to speak that builds a better relationship a better friendship you've got that foundation again of understanding because you've genuinely been listening to that person and it, it always makes me smile at my own fallibilities because I can often remember the shape and the context of the story the person has told me sometimes can't remember their name and that's because I'm more interested in what they're saying mm. than anything else so I'll often forget Details like names and places and things like that. But I will know how they feel in the conversation because that's what I'm tuning into and listening for so that I can reinforce the positive for them. And I don't know where that comes from. I genuinely don't, but I think it's something I've always done. And I think it's something you've always done as far as I, you know, as long as I've known you, it's something you've done. So maybe that's part of it as well, that we're more interested in the emotion or the processing or the thoughts in the conversation than the actual words that are spoken so perhaps we're processing the friendship information differently and that gives us a different foundation to have our conversation so they're immediately a much deeper level than that so where did you go on holiday level Mm. it's more. So, you know, what did you feel like when you went to this place? We're straight in at a deeper level in our conversations. And I mean, as I've said that out loud, I'm like, oh, that sounds so middle class and so poncy. But it, it's what I enjoy. You know, I can't shy away from the fact that I like difficult, complex, meaningful conversations. I just do. And in some friendships, I don't ever feel I get past that starting point of nice weather today, isn't it? So, you know, how do you spot that person that you're going to be able to have that deeper conversation with?
1: I almost think it just happens because before you know it, you've said hello and now you're discussing like all the problems in mm-hmm. the world. And so,
0: you know, when you've met one of them. Um, <laughs> and so do, do you think it's like, it's our word, Intimacy. So do you think it's almost like an intimate attraction to that person because you go, "Ooh, they get me?
1: Yes, it absolutely is. And it's intimacy with their mind. Mm. And yeah, it, I always feel like, Oh, it's like a sigh of relief of like oh someone who just who gets it that I don't need to spend 10 hours trying to prove my point or explain myself and it's not even about me being right but it's just about that they would listen and then they would give whatever whether that's in agreement or not but a meaningful response mm-hmm. and a considered mm-hmm. response yeah and they're so blessed that there are actually quite a lot of people I have felt that with the only difference is and we were at this point before is that I felt that with them but because of that their emotional people and super busy as am I we didn't have time to keep having those conversations mm. so whenever we meet it's always great it's always amazing and I I can probably share a lot with them but when you do it more frequently whether you realize it or not what I've noticed is if you probably look back at our initial conversations even though I thought that we were super close and we were I feel like we are closer mm. I think that there was probably filters that I didn't even realise I had that now there's more of an ease in discussing some of the things that I find really difficult Talk Mm -hmm. about for various reasons. So, I think, yes, I'm blessed to have lots of people that I have felt that intimacy with and can have great conversations. But because of geography, because of location, because of schedules, it's difficult to keep building on it. And by building on it, you remove a few filters. And so, you actually do get a bit deeper. And I also think it goes back to quality because, again, how feasible is it to have that level of deep conversation and keep building on
0: it regularly with 10 people? I just it's not yeah 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 so to me it's the phrase perhaps is intellectual intimacy where you're able to very quickly connect with that person on that cerebral level where you have a, a shared understanding that you don't need the small talk you can just get straight into the important stuff and that's one level of that friendship intimacy the other is I like your word filters, because to me, that's about the emotional intimacy, that you can take those filters off and be okay to say, I'm upset, be okay to say, I'm angry, those sort of things without it threatening the friendship. Because I think in the past, some friendships, I've never been honest about my emotional response in a situation, because I think, oh, this person won't be able to cope with it, because Mm -hmm. I need to keep that to myself. They'd be upset if I said I was angry, they'd be upset if I said I was confused or whatever it was so I think we do this all the time in the whole world we filter emotionally but certainly in the the last few months since we've been having these conversations and I didn't think I had any filters on particularly with you but we did just because of time you're absolutely right and it was like oh okay so we've never actually talked about some of this deeper stuff not because we didn't want to but because the filter was on that went, we haven't got time for that or this is going to get too heavy or i don't think that's where we're at so yeah. we focused on business
1: and i think it takes time to take some of the filters down so i think that you can have that intimacy with people when you first get to know them you know in that first initial meeting where you feel like you're really connected to someone and i think you can always have that same level but if you are wanting to grow into that friendship grow that friendship in a different way and you know just get deeper into that friendship and really get to know that person even more you have to invest the time to increase that level of trust that in turn increases the level of intimacy that in turn increases you sharing more and all of that then just reinforces it's like a big circle Mm. and with that i just don't think you can do it with many people because it takes a lot of time investment
0: and i think as well you know we came at this both i guess the friendship and the podcast with common and purpose and kind of some shared values and goals that maybe we haven't been explicit about to each other. And that has become more obvious as we've spoken, because I'm thinking about even just the title, you know, using the word sisterhood has been really strong because it talks about how much we believe in women and how much we believe in the power of supporting each other as women and I don't remember ever having that direct conversation with you but we just sort of knew that that's what each other did yeah I
1: feel like I've always known that that's what you do what I have learned though is some of your other views and probably motivations around that I didn't I got but I just almost like that's a bit of thing like that's just how I've known your exterior but now I Know some more of those deeper experiences that you shared or through other projects that you're working on. I found out it just all makes so much sense, (laughs) and that's contributed to my learning too. Because when you understand the reasons behind something,
0: it becomes even more valuable. Mm. So, do you think then? That could be why some friendships don't have the solid foundations to continue and some are short-lived because people don't put in the effort to find out what lies beneath some of the behaviours or words or beliefs. Yes,
1: I think there are so many reasons. I also think, unfortunately, the way that we seem to be at the moment or, or maybe for many years is that we talk at people.
0: Mm. We just
1: talk at people mm. so how do you ever understand someone's experience if you've not really listened Yeah, to it?
0: Yeah. And as you said that, I was just thinking one of the things we often do, what we're actually doing is noticing what that person has said and making a link to our own thoughts and experience rather than talking at. We, it really is that talking with. So it's constantly, oh, that's a great phrase. I love the way you said that. Or what can I do with that? So it's a real, it's a flow. It's a flow of that listening and hearing and then sharing back. And I don't think many conversations that I hear in friendships have that dynamic to them. They can often be just exchange of information. You know, how how's the family kind mm-hmm. of thing? That sort of, you know, the the tick list of things I know I have to ask this person. Oh, how's your project going? Okay, tick. Uh, oh, how's the dog? Didn't it have a poorly foot? tick you know yeah, and like I hope it is a dog and not a cat yeah, yeah. Point, it? <laughs> exactly <laughs> that because oh I didn't quite note that down in my memory banks which it was so I think there's that kind of superficial conversation there's the conversation which is all about I want to tell you something because I'm upset hmm. there's that one there's the oh you know life's too short let's just have a laugh kind of conversation in friendships and everything's about being a joke which is great in some friendships but I can't bear those friendships uh, <laughs> just don't work for me and then I think there's there's the friendships that or maybe serve a purpose for whatever reason be it it's a work colleague somebody you know in your Conte- street there's a contextual. Context- Yeah. So there's a reason for that friendship and it it may grow into something else, but there's a a reason to it. And then I think there's this sort of friendship, which is very much based on the actual content and quality of the conversations we have. Because to be honest, apart from working together once, we haven't done anything together. Like we don't go out clubbing. We don't go to the theatre. We don't do anything together as friends. We just talk a lot. Yeah. This
1: is true. This is very true. It's weird, though, because I just, as you know, I have such fond slash uh, maybe like it's a bit of a paradox of, of our memory of working together because it was challenging for many reasons. It was. It had so much fun.
0: Yeah, we did.
1: Um, <laughs> And I really enjoyed that. That's so such a fond memory for me. But yeah, in terms of actually, yeah, we don't do anything. <laughs> we don't do anything. We don't. Well, we don't. We, we meet up to have a tea, but, but the motivation, the intention is to talk. So, so talk. it's like, where can where can we be tolerated so that we can talk you know like where can we find space that no one's going to interrupt us or bother us that the intention is always talking and I suppose that's the basis you know that's probably another way that you can tell what type of friendship you have with someone because if you don't have to do anything and in fact especially if the majority of the time you're not doing anything and talking is more than enough and just as fun that's probably a very important friendship you have and and something that you probably value there's other friendships that that do serve some sort of purpose so you know you might have dance group of people that your friends common ground there is that you love dance but you might not be able to spend hours just talking and you have that's the contextual one i would say where you have a common ground in like one area and that's great for that one area but if you move you out of that area what happens and so that's where i think the power of this like overlapping type of friendship where so many things feed in it makes it stronger it's like if you imagine a piece of string and you pull it that would probably be quite easy to snap and that would be like your contextual friendships Mm. if you imagine a rope that's got so many layers intertwined so like the being driven the sharing you know your beliefs on humanity the the shared goals and all of those things then it becomes quite difficult to pull that rope in it, it to snap i would say And I don't even mean that in the sense that the contextual ones are the worst friendships, they're ones that you shouldn't have. I have some great friends that that probably fit into that category that I do love and appreciate. But I think if you moved them, if you moved our friendship into a different space it would
0: be a very different dynamic. I absolutely agree because I have had really close friendships, particularly at work. I mean, intense friendships that I couldn't imagine being without those people. And the minute we're not having work-based conversations, we had nothing to say to each other. And that was quite shocking when I discovered that. And it was like, but you're my best friend and we now have nothing left to say to each other. And I agree because I've thought that before, like, oh my gosh, but this, this is
1: one of the friendships that I thought were the strongest that we talk about everything that's been there in such critical times of my life but then you move us into a different place and I'm struggling to know what to say the conversation doesn't feel as natural as in I'm having to think what should I ask about or how do I keep this conversation going and the ease is then gone and the interest probably falls a bit or yeah so I think they all serve a purpose but I think what we've done is probably add more to our rope mm-hmm. in this time I feel like it's got stronger and I didn't think it could have got stronger because I was quite happy with where it was but I'd say a good example was when I spoke to you this weekend and the filter wasn't even there on my behalf I don't think it was there on my behalf I think it was on behalf of people that were involved in the situation and so almost it takes a lot it feels like it's it's more than just my personal choice you know Mm. who I share what with so yeah I think that was a really good illustration of if I tried to have, have that conversation in March or well, I just don't think I would have had it. And I wouldn't have even thought
0: twice about the reasons for that. So do you think that what this situation has allowed us to do is by being in an enforced situation in lockdown, that we're in a bounded space, both in terms of physical environment, but also in terms of time that's now available to us. We don't have that constant transitioning, hopping on and off things. So we have been given back a chunk of time that we can now reallocate to something better, which is our friendship. That space we have now filled with a deeper quality and understanding of each other as friends. And that immediately then takes the filters off without us even having to think about it because we've had that continuity, that consistency, that regularity, that depth, all of those things that we know, and I certainly feel this, that is what I want in a friendship. It's, it's your best buddy. It's the person you would tell anything to without Fear of judgment or repercussions. It's the person who will both laugh and cry with you at the right times, not get it the wrong way around. All of those things. And it's just there. It just feels like, why did we not spot how this was even more brilliant than we thought it was? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right.
1: But I think consistency is probably something that I've played down a little. Well, it's very important to me. And I know that. But in regards to our dynamic and our friendship, I've always felt like we have, it's just there and when we come back to it, it's still there and it's great. And and I think, I do think the consistency does lead to a higher level of intimacy and a higher level of trust and that that is what breaks the filters down. So I think it goes back round to, to the great friendships that I have that are great, but for various and very valid reasons, there's less consistency, less regularity as you just said, all of those things. Without that, you can only get so far. So Mm. I think
0: the key... That we've had is the
1: consistency
0: the positive thing that's come out of a negative situation is that consistency it's allowed us a consistency we've not had before that perhaps we could have had but this just gave us the realization we could have a friendship in a different way and i'm thinking about how people will hear those words about intimacy and a friendship and how perhaps a lot of people will find that quite frightening.
1: Yeah I suppose well what would you describe intimacy as?
0: To me it's about trust Mm. it's about trusting somebody with thoughts and feelings that sometimes you don't even trust yourself with (laughs) because you don't know what they mean and you have to talk to somebody about them to understand them because when they're sitting in your head or in your heart you don't get it you don't you're like well this is really scaring me now I don't know what to do with this or oh is this okay is and if that's running that's the dialogue running inside you then that's not healthy but if you have a friend that you can talk to about this stuff it is a really intimate thing to share with that person because you're having to trust them not to hurt you with that information and to give you good support and advice or whatever it is you're asking for so to me that's a form of intimacy and there's the other thing that goes with it is back to that word ease Mm. I couldn't be intimate with somebody I wasn't at ease with. So the fact that we do pick up this friendship backwards and forwards on and off is part of the ease. But the, the way we now almost expect to talk to each other for a ridiculous amount of time whenever we talk, that's part of the ease as well. It's like, yeah, that's just what we do with this. And, you know, we're not looking at the clock or whatever we are. We're just talking. We're just, yeah. And that's part of the intimacy. But there will be moments where we both, I think, have no... Know that there's a an issue for the other person that needs a bit of a dig. And that's also part of knowing that person intimately is to go, actually, you know, that, that's bothering Anna Maria today. I need to just check in and make sure that's okay or, or actually that's triggered something for me. I need to check in with me and see if that's... So we do ask each other questions. We do check in as we're talking. And again, I think that's part of intimacy to admit when you're not sure about something, when you think you might have triggered a feeling for yourself or the other person and to go, hello, hello, I want to talk about this. I'm a bit scared now. I don't know what it is. And again, I don't think a lot of people explicitly say that. They no. Implicitly, but not explicitly.
1: Yeah. And I think... You touched on a point that I think also my definition of intimacy would be very similar. I would say my first observation is that we tend to think first and foremost, you're, especially when you're younger, your first idea of intimacy is it needs to be physical and romantic. That's intimacy. And then I think more commonly now people are learning that actually you can be on a much deeper level intimately intimately when you take the physical away, which seems Mm. to be quite a strange concept, but I still think it's in a romantic, it's still spoken about in a romantic context of, you know, being intimate with your partner doesn't have to be physical. Like that's the the Mm. phrasing. And I believe that's true. But I think intimacy and friendship makes complete sense because intimacy is as you said trusting someone feeling accepted
0: Mm.
1: not judged feeling supported and validated and when you have a good level of all of that you can do what you said in in sometimes digging a bit deeper into something that's tougher for someone because Mm. you're comfortable enough and you trust them enough that their intention isn't to make you feel rubbish or to use that against you or to try and sway your decision to something that they want you to do Mm. it's because that they can see that maybe there's a bit more uncovering, a bit more learning, a bit more reflection, a bit more Mm. observation. And I think you can only do those things when you have a good level of intimacy. And I think perhaps when we discuss further about how friendships have evolved I think if you think you've got that level of intimacy and perhaps you don't and then you tackle one of those situations you soon find out
0: that the other person is not in the same place as you and there's something as well I think and we've touched on this in our other conversations about self-interest yeah so So, in a in a great friendship, there is no self-interest. And, you know, if you give me some good news, I genuinely get the buzz of your buzz. It's like, yes, this is fantastic. I'm happy for you. In fact, I'm more than happy for you. I'm overexcited and I will get overexcited. <laughs> and then I get a bit silly and you're like, OK, calm down now. It's fine. Whatever it is. I think that's the thing that to me, if I genuinely don't feel that person has my interests at heart, I can't have an Intimate friendship with them because they stop me trusting them.
1: Yes. And I do have friendship that I feel that way about. And I'm maybe not necessarily going to cut them off, but it adds a thicker filter or a bit more of a barrier. I know if someone, even if they've got the best intentions, if they're driven by some sort of self interest in the dynamic of a friendship, and I know that we're all we're human and so sometimes it happens, but if I feel like that for the majority of the time, I suppose I won't trust them with as much or I won't want to share as much and the reason for that is that if I do share something and then they try and divert my route somewhere that's actually not in my best interest but in their best interest then I've gone away from what was right for me and so you kind of have this idea of friends helping you on your journey to where you think you need to go and where you want to go not hijacking the car Mm. mid-journey and taking you to somewhere where you actually don't want to go
0: every single mistake I made, I know I'll always have support
1: from you. You've been listening to Who Killed the Sisterhood with Bev and Anna Maria. Thanks to Quivering Lip for the awesome music, you can find them on Spotify.
0: And thank you to Sarah Rag for editing and biscuits.
1: You can find us on iTunes, Spotify and all major platforms. Please be our friends and subscribe, rate and review. All our best friends give us five stars and you're all our best friends.
0: And there's always cake for best friends. Music